You're listening to audio provided by Valleydale Church. To find more resources or to donate to this ministry, please check out valleydale.org. Hey, we're he- can you believe it? We're here. <laughs> and we showed up today. And we did. I apologize. <laughs> I was to blame for 2 weeks ago and then the 4th. Yeah. But, you know. But But is there really Joe any point in doing tonight. this without Kirkwood? That's yeah, I think there probably is. Sure. the Sure there is. The real issue. Sure there is. It. Um, so I told you before we got started. So how okay. long have you? How long have you been at Valleydale? Four years. So four years. Four years. It's taken this long for me to get upset with you. Okay. That's pretty good. Well, I guess. I'd say. Yeah, usually it's four weeks. So and are upset. I am standing backstage yesterday, mic in hand, first service. Okay. You go into the the your last story before the response time. Yeah. And you tell this really sweet story <laughs> about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that is not only really sad all of its own, and then the dog gets killed. He does. And I was like, what is he doing to me? <laughs> oh, is that what you're upset about? That's what I was upset about. The, you... the tragic thing is the dog was killed by a train. I know. And so on the statue, I don't think you could tell it, but what they've got is they've got old Shep standing on, on, the a, on a rail. Yeah. Which is where he died. Yeah. That's beautiful. Is, yeah. So I was just going to tell you, I don't know if, I know you're probably not much of a meme guy, but. No, I'm not. You've I sent us a few not. memes. Uh, the meme that says, like, oh, you meme. can do anything I you want. I thought you said I was a mean guy. No, no, no. Meme. <laughs> meme. You're not a mean guy. But, yeah, but you, you are kind of a meme guy. Okay. Meme guy. Meme. But there's a meme out there that I've seen for years that says something like, like you can do whatever you want to to any human being in a movie and I'll be fine. But if you kill a dog. Yeah. That's it. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't kill the dog. Well, I just did. shared the story. I just was not I was not prepared for that story right before I had to go out and lead the but response But is it on. not incredible to think of the faithfulness of a dog? They are and the best. And that's what they put on the plaque, forever faithful. Yes. Dogs are the best. And there are so many stories <clears throat> like that. I think I can tell. So I have a similar story. I think I can tell it without getting. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, please. Verklempt. You go to cry and I'll go to cry. Um, so I had a mentor schnauzer that we got when he literally would like fit in Ken's shoe. Like he was T90. And he was my pup. Like mm-hmm. he was loyal, faithful to me. Like I was his person. Yeah. Wait at the door for me to come home. You know, Ken would call and say, hey, are you headed home? And I'd say, yeah. He said he just like went to the door. Like he knows that you're coming home. It was the coolest <laughs> thing. Best dog, he got super duper old, got like Shep, got yeah. blind, got deaf, yeah. was so slow, just kept hanging in there. And I literally started praying, and it may seem like a silly thing to pray, I just didn't want to put him down. Yeah. And so I, I started praying, Lord, please just let him, just let him die. Just let mm-hmm. him die while he's asleep. You know, I don't want to have to take him. Well, we got to the point we had to take him to the vet. And do you know that that dog died in my arms on the way to the vet to have him put How down? How about that? I know. Isn't that neat? Ken was like, he yeah. solidified best dog ever when he when he did when that he did for that. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I've had anyway. so many dogs through the years and, <clears throat> you know, from a kid on up. And I've got so many stories about, about dogs. But yesterday, you know, Rick Burgess writes me a, a little note. On Twitter, uh, not on Twitter, on text. He texts me a note, and he says, "May we all be found forever faithful." Mm-hmm. And I wrote him back, and I said, "You know, if Kirkwood had been faithful, he would have said no to sabbatical." <laughs> and, Don't do and that. Kirk, <laughs> and, and, and Burgess wrote back, "He's no ship." No. 
Don't do that to Kirkwood. I am you telling know, you, he has struggled so bad to go even oh, go know. on the sabbatical. I'm glad he. I'm glad he's away. He's with his dad right now because okay. I'll send him a little something. You know, about once a week to, you know, tell him how we're struggling here with that. I know. <laughs> so. And we've almost shut the doors a couple of times, yeah. but we keep managing. Yeah. We've, we've cried a river, but anyway. Yeah. No, he'll, I, he'll be back in a, uh, two weeks. So he'll be back. Pierce will be leading at Valley Sunday. Dale this Sunday. And then Kirk will And you all have done great. You really have. I've, I've been so thankful and proud of you. And you all stepped up. And the music has been wonderful. The worship's been wonderful. We almost cried. Everything's been great until the preacher gets up. That's and not then true. It just falls That's apart. not true. So, no, it was another. It was another great sermon yesterday, Pastor. And it, so, one of the very first things I want to start off with okay. is something you started the sermon with. Yeah. You said when there, um, that a lack of faithfulness oftentimes is a sign of a lack of purposefulness. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was an interesting thing to say because yeah. I would have associated it with selfishness. Uh huh. Being unfaithful with. Yeah, being selfish. So talk a little I, bit more I about see, the purposefulness. I see, a lo- I see this whole thing of of purposelessness, which is where so much of America is today, and that was coming out of that um, Harvard Business mm-hmm. Review. Is so many people just resign? I just give up. I just I just yeah, quit. I, I just walk away from your son-in-law. Lead, yeah, reads yeah. the Harvard. Well, I, evidently, <laughs> and he sends it. You know, he sent that to me, and I've I found that to be so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Of people just resigning, right? just walking away. And, of course, I see things that other people don't. I see people walking away from marriages. I see them walking away from kids. I see them. I see kids walking away from their homes and their parents, people walking away from church. To say nothing of people walking away from jobs, because I've been in so many places lately where the owners of a small business will say, you know, I had I had this great employee. They just never showed back up. Mm-hmm. They never came back. And so this whole thing of resignation, just quitting, walking away, giving up, um, to me seems to be a lack of faithfulness. Right. I'm quitting. I'm I'm resigning. I'm. But they're also attributing that to the whole COVID yeah. era, right? So what what yeah, is the correlation come, there? How do well? What do they they think just has say happened? that all of this has happened since COVID mm-hmm. has started. You know, and you have a lot of people that say, um, in fact, I was just reading, I, I, I don't know why I do this, but I get up in the mornings and I'll read the headlines of a couple of newspapers. One of them happens to be the Daily Mail in mm. London, and it's going to be like 90 degrees in England which this week. Which is really hot Which for them. is, mm-hmm. you know, they're freaking out over there. They're not even going to work. Oh, really? Yeah, they've got all these people saying, there's just no way. We can't go to work. And I'm thinking, oh, give me a break. You're living Alabama, (laughs) buddy. You're living Birmingham. (laughs) You know, if we didn't go to work, we just, when it was hot, we just would never show up about two thirds of the year. Anyway, just this mindset of resignation of, but I think it comes out of a lot of the frustration that built up during COVID. Mm -hmm. And people began to ask the question, what am I doing? What is all of this about? Why do I do what I do? Then, of course, these were questions in the Harvard Business Review. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I good at? Right. And is this what I'm best suited for? That kind of thing. So there's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of questioning about, is any of this making a difference? Is right. there a purpose in mm-hmm. what I do? 
which I, you know, if I couldn't do this, I'd just soon die. Mm-hmm. If I could not pastor, I'd just rather die. I, I have so much, I have such a sense of purpose. I feel like I'm never accomplishing the purpose that God put me here for. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, I, I want to do more. Um, so I just looked at it to see that faithlessness is equal to a sense of purposelessness. Right. I have no purpose when I'm not faithful to something. Right. And if your purpose is that job, which people found mm-hmm. out during COVID a lot of times can it's go not. away at any moment yeah. or change or whatever it is, then yeah. it's very uh, fragile. And then I, I made the comparison to Joe between the polls that came out this week. One was by Barner or mm. Gallup. I don't remember that said that less now, uh, less than 50% of Americans now go to church. Mm-hmm. And yet, here's this dramatic rise in a, in, in a lack of purpose. Same thing with the Word of God. I think it's about 20% believe that the Word of God is actually the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that, that all of it's down. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's amazing to me that all of this is down when it relates to Christ, to the church, to the Word of God. And yet this sense of no purpose in life is just going off the chart. And yet people aren't making the connection is what do, you said. Do they not make the connection? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's how it started off. Yeah. A lot of to people, talk about faithfulness. A lot of people are not making that connection yeah. for sure. All right. Moving on. Moving on. I'm trying to look at my notes here as we go. I'm so impressed that you take notes. I So, okay, here's that's may we go down a, a very small rabbit trail. Yeah, sure. Um, because we're having this conversation in my 90-day team about taking notes versus people who actually find taking notes distracting. Uh. So do you take notes in, like, classes, yes. things like that, as oh, you're yeah. listening to someone? Yeah. yeah, I do. But I think there's some validity to it. Do you guys take written notes? And if you don't, you do? Yes? Um, I mean, I'll, if I hear something. But you don't take notes the whole time. Yeah. No, because I typically don't come back to the journal. Right, right. For some people, it's distracting. You I've know, heard them I say because they can't keep up. All or... of my notes from seminary. Really? I've got them in files. Yeah, I sure do. Do you refer to them? <clears throat> Every once in a while, mm-hmm. I will. I'll mm-hmm. go back and I'll look at this or that or the other, try to recover. I, I can remember something that was stated or talked about, and I remember I, you know, I took a note on it. If you write down what you hear, you are far more likely to remember it. Right. Yeah. I think that is true for most people. <laughs> Unless I think, well, you, you say you have uh, some attention deficit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. For yeah. some people, I think it's actually the opposite. If they're trying to keep up and write, yeah. like as soon as they start writing, they lose track of where they are. Yeah. yeah if, you know, if I, if I, that's why I do my own sermons. Now, I don't give, I don't give a manuscript. I don't write, you know, notes out or word something, word, give it yeah. to a... A, a secretary to type. I I type all my and I use two fingers, but I do all <laughs> of mine because once you once you write it out yourself, it's it's it here. It sticks better. Yeah, sure, it's sure. in your head. So every time I do a sermon, I never do anything off the top of my head. I'm going to preach next Monday night down in Fairhope, oh, and I've got to come up. back. I'm going to preach here Sunday morning because I'm going to leave that afternoon. I'm going to take Debbie with me this time. I preached there last year. And let her see the little town of Fairhope. It's such a great little town. Yeah, they say it is. I never saw it. It is. I just drove over there in the dark, preached, and drove back in the dark. Well, anyway, 
Uh, I said, now listen, I said, I'm going to have to work a little bit. I've got to do a 10 or 20 minute devotional for Wednesday night because we're, hey, next Wednesday night, not this Wednesday night, but next, we're going to do a preview of what Wednesday nights are going to look like for the fall. And I'll do a short devotional. She said, well, I know you don't do anything off the top of your head. I never do anything mm-hmm. off the top of my head, mm-hmm. literally, yeah. never. But you could. I guess I could. She says, but I'm too scared yeah. to try. Yeah. Well, there's nothing you wrong with being prepared. You know, they used to they used to do that in preaching over a hundred years ago, back when Broadus, even in, back in Spurgeon's day, they would they really applauded extemporaneous preaching. Mm-hmm. And I am thinking, y'all are out of your mind. <laughs> it's because you didn't have a TV. That's why, or, <laughs> or internet or anything. That was entertainment. Yeah, it was. Um, I did write down one, as you can see, little highlighted, that says, that asks the question, are we showing God's faithfulness to the world mm-hmm. and specifically to our next generation? Yes. Do you think we as a no, church are I doing don't. a job of that? And I tell you, that's why we're losing the younger generation. They do not see any correlation between what their parents do at church and what happens in their home during mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. None. Now, that's young people saying that. Right. There was a young African-American girl, and I can't remember her name, and I, I wished I could, uh, writing for I, I, the Jude Project, which I don't know what the Jude Project is. And um, she made that very comment, young, young girl, and she made the statement. She said, we see no correlation. Your young people see no, nothing to do with what you go through on Sunday morning in the life of their parents that takes place in the house mm. and in the home. I mean, that's why I made the statement, and I think I did in both services, that in my home I saw first and foremost uh, the faithfulness of my dad to Christ in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Everything related back to that. Right, right. How did he, so how did he display that for you? Just that every, every, just in his attitude, mm-hmm. in his demeanor, in the way he handled the issues in the home, mm-hmm. in the family, uh, the way he looked at all of life. His worldview was a biblical worldview. He always pointed he back to always that. always would look through the lens of Scripture at whatever. You know, um, I never saw my dad laugh, and I'm not going to tell you which sitcom it was. Uh, I never saw him laugh, but at one sitcom, mm-hmm. he never found... Any of that stuff funny. Mm-hmm. And I would be over there just laughing. I'd look at him. He'd just be looking, you know, he'd just look at the TV. So, but uh, anyway. Interesting. It, and it, that's probably probably because this, was this mainly what he ingested on a daily basis? This More was, so than obviously oh, yeah, the internet that wasn't yeah. around. He'd and, read a newspaper, but <clears throat> every day he was in the Word. Right. Every day. He had a Bible that sat, his office, he had a small office in the in, in his furniture store. It had a window that looked out into the warehouse and right up there in the window sat a Gideon Bible. Oh wow. And every morning he read he, it was funny. He read his Bible at home every morning and then he'd get to work, sit down at his desk, and before he did anything else, he would read again. Right. Um uh, some other portion of the Word of God. Well, and that's that's probably a big piece of what a lot of people are missing on a daily basis. Yeah. Again, one of the reasons that we decided to do the daily Bible reading plan this year is because yeah. we know how yeah. important it is for people to be in God's Word every single day. And it should be a larger part of your 
spiritual diet than the news or entertainment or other things like that. And listen, the video yesterday of those was great. I don't know whose idea that was or who who did. I'm assuming Josh did. But it was great. I thought Brody that was brilliant that to put those kids up there. Yeah, Brody did that. that for us before he left. Did so, he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. and we just wanted a way to show that it. We're we're hoping that all generations are a part of this, and it sounds like some families are doing a really good yep. job of doing really this at are. home with their families. And yesterday we had Margie Eubanks, who had led one of her students, mm-hmm. uh, a helper to the Lord, and there she was baptized and mm-hmm. Gary baptized, and I thought. That's what we're to be doing. Right. That's it right, right. there. You know? right. So I just applaud Margie, and she's my hero for the day. Yeah. <laughs> and we had three <laughs> so baptisms yesterday. We so did. it was an exciting yeah, we did. during our first service. Well, let's just walk through these points real quickly okay. before we close it out. Uh, your first point was that we have to be faithful to uh, doctrinal purity. Right. And you asked the question there, are we faithful to the word that God has given us? Yeah. He uses truth four times in those first four verses. And the thing is, when you come to the epistles of John, when you look at John, John is different. You can tell there's a difference between Paul and John and Peter when you read the New Testament, and James, you know, when you read the New Testament. For John, truth is always wrapped up with the word of God. Mm-hmm. He's the one that records the prayer of Jesus, you know, sanctify them uh, by your word. Your word is truth. Mm-hmm. So doctrinal purity, doctrinal concepts and truth are what John is referring to when he refers to truth. Right. So, and you said, is that is this a part of the, the sermon where you talked about people kind of debating that and a lot of times doing it openly on social media and things like that? The, the doctrinal purity. I, I don't remember. Maybe that's a different conversation yeah, you had. I don't uh, know. You know what? It may have been one of your tweets I saw where you talked about how guys like to prove each other wrong, especially oh, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, using it. it and, and is that not what I read yesterday out of here where he says, what, where does he say that? Um, is it in Romans or Corinthians? Where? Well, I don't remember now. Where he says, don't envy one another, don't be contentious with one another, mm-hmm. don't be, you know, boasting to one another. Right. Which is basically what that is. Which is a lot of what we see on social media and is the opposite of what you would say, faithfulness. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, second point, we are to be faithful to one another. Yeah. And you uh, brought up the fact that a lot of people are not being faithful to one another uh, in the church body as far as, like, really investing in one another, yes. forming yeah. friendships. We used to have a far greater, I don't know what you say, intimacy in the in the fellowship between people that I think is just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you miss it. People don't stand around and talk anymore. People don't. And to me, I've always heard a sign of a healthy church is when the service is over, how many people are standing around talking. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't see that much anymore. I remember Sunday nights growing up as a kid that you never, and nobody said, well, we got to get the kids home. they got to get up for school tomorrow. That was never stated. Right. Um, you'd be at church to 9 o'clock or after, and people were just standing around talking. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of times they would come back to somebody's home, mm-hmm. you know, and do something after church. So I, I just wish we could recapture the community that we used to have. Right. That's what I seem saying here, that Gaius was that way. 
even to those that were strangers. Mm -hmm. Even when people showed up and said, hey, we're, we're fellow believers and we understand that, you know, you'll, you'll help us and take care of us, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. as we're passing through. So, and see, that, I've, I've thought about that lack of sense of community before, and I, I think it is also attributed to a couple of things. One is we're so much more spread out. Yep. Like o over over yeah, time, yeah. we have just gotten further and further apart. Homes have gotten further apart. Yeah. And we don't, you know, you said the strangers coming through that need our help. A lot of us don't necessarily need help on a yeah. regular. Don't need the yeah. neighbor to help us with the farm equipment or, <laughs> or with the harvest or, you yeah, know, like yeah, you've had all these things yeah. that you had to help one another with for That's so right. long. That's right. But you know, just, not to, you know, Hey, you know, Joe, how's Ken? Mm -hmm. How are the girls, you know, what's going on? That kind of thing. Just stopping and spending a little bit of life with each right, other. Right. Right. And, genuinely caring. I, it matters to me, yeah. you know, that what's going on with you and your family. So, and I do, I mean, I do experience that pretty regularly at yeah. Valleydale and over at Old Town. I think yeah. better here at Valleydale mm -hmm. and Old Town mm -hmm. than a lot of churches you go to. Yeah. But I see so many people that just think, man, they're out. Right. And I want to just say, Hey, come on <laughs> back. Just spend a little bit of time and yeah. build some fellowship here. Yeah. So, so we encourage you to do that. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah. Hang out. All right. Third and final point. That's my spiritual gift. Hanging out. <laughs> it says we are to be faithful. Oh, Lord have mercy. This is one of those times my notes may not help. The to church. The church. The church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just faithful. And he gives, this is an interesting little letter because it's built around three personalities. Mm -hmm. Gaius is mentioned. You know, generally these guys will get down to the end of an epistle and they'll just start ripping off names. Mm -hmm. You know, watch Paul. Paul does that. But only in, in here, John only mentions, he mentions Gaius, Diotrephes, who was a mess. And this is really the illustration I think John is using. He says, when it comes to the church, you've got two kinds of people that are there. You've got the Diotrephes, who they're there, they've got an agenda, they are generally those uh, who love to be, for, and didn't you love the little bit of grammar that I gave you on that? It's called the articular present participle. Yes. Oddly enough, that's not in my notes, but yes, in I the did Greek, But the that. interesting thing is this, is in the Greek, it says the one who loves to be first, mm -hmm. which, man, John is just nailing this you guy to the wall. You can't be more called out than that. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. And he's just saying he wants preeminence. He wants everybody to see him. He wants to be heard by everybody. And uh, if it's not done his way, and I didn't have time really to go through verse 10, at least in the second service. And that's where you get an explanation. There are three clauses here, at least three if not four, of what diotrephes would do. Then you come to the main verb. You know, the Greek, writing Greek, you can write a paragraph and you can just write, 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 and then put the verb at the end. Whereas we, English is not that mm -hmm. way. But here he comes in verse 11 and he says, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He's just talked about diatrephes. Mm -hmm. And he's talking to the church. Don't be like this. Mm -hmm. Be like this guy, Demetrius. Who is he? We don't know. But right. we can tell you this. Everybody loved him. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew that he had embraced the truth, received the truth, and he was faithful. Right. So there you go. I would like to be known for that. Yeah, really. Which way do you want to be known when they get up to do your funeral? So... 
Anywho. We'll leave, we'll leave you guys with that parting okay. question today. There you go. So you'll be back next week with a different co-host. Okay. Uh, Who's going to co-host it? I don't know. We'll figure out. Okay. Drop us some uh, suggestions in the comments. Yeah. We'll consider yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, and then Kirkwood will be back with you on the 25th. We'll be back with Kirkwood. We'll sit here with our clean. Praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye. See ya. Joe, you going to kick us out? No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs>